After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots in the for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. I was once in a very surprising conversation with a nonprofit leader. They said something that kind of blew my mind because I'd never heard this before. But then after I heard this, I hear it all the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. I don't know if that's ever happened to uh, you listeners, but this nonprofit leader is talking about raising money and the way that they go about it for their organization. And the thing that they said was, I will never, ever, ever host an event to raise money. And I was like, at first, I was kind of interested because I was like, oh, is this like a new strategy that I like, haven't heard of? But then the reasons why started to make a little bit more sense because their reasoning was, well, all the money that was spent on hosting the event could have been used in the organization. And then I was like, well, I will never. I was thinking that same logic would say, I'll never, ever invest my money because I could have used that money. Like, <laughs> that's OK. So we need to be thinking about a big piece of a small pie or a small piece of a big pie, we need to be thinking about, are we tripping over dollars to save pennies? We need to think about that as nonprofit organizations. That's what the conversation is about today. Yeah, this conversation is so interesting. Uh, Yeah, I hadn't heard it before. And then it was like, we heard everyone starting to say it. And I think it's sometimes because the language that's used around it is oh, that event is too expensive, or I can't believe they're charging that much for a plate, or I can't, like, it's not, it's rarely stated that clearly. I think that's what shocked us, like, in the conversation. Yeah, I think people usually kind of, like, skirt around the bush. Yeah, skirt around, like. We try to, we try to make the most out of every dollar given to the organization. Yeah. That's usually how it's said. It's usually how it's said, (laughs) but then there's this, like, underlying connotation, like, other organizations aren't making the most of every dollar, excuse me, like, (laughs) but we just never heard it stated so blatantly it was such conviction and part of me was kind of impressed like that he would just say it like this will never happen um but on the other side of it I was like oh man but you're missing out on so much Mm -hmm. so events for donors are so fascinating because there is such a huge variety of them and last week we talked about the donors that you're graced to reach And if you haven't heard that one yet, I'd highly recommend listening to it because it's going to play into what type of events you choose to do. Um, But first, we need to talk about the big piece of a small pie or the small piece of a big pie. Um, Ted and I, we haven't watched it in a while, but we used to watch Shark Tank on a regular basis. Yeah. And there's these business owners and entrepreneurs that would go into the tank and they're making a decent amount of money and they're trying to get a partner And there's all this stuff happening, and one of the sharks will be like, you know what, I'll give you X amount of money for 30% of your company. And one of the business owners will be like, that's too much to give away. That's too much to give away. And Ted and I would often look at each other and be like, the amount that your business is going to grow, you have 100% (laughs) of half a million dollars, or you could have 7% or 70% of like millions of dollars. 
But they're so concerned about the size of, you know, like how much they own that they just don't want to give up that much. And part of me was always looking at it going, but the amount that your business can grow because of the knowledge of the people around you. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like they're so stuck on owning the whole pie that they don't care that the pie is small. They'd rather own the whole thing of a small pie than a piece of a really, really, really big pie. And the sharks on Shark Tank have proven they know how to make their pies really big. Like <laughs> over really and over big. again. It's over and over like again. It's thing. not just like, oh, I accidentally fell into some money and the business worked. Like it is a consistent thing. And it's almost like the moment that one of the sharks even makes an offer, it's like, we won. Like the fact that they're even willing to make an offer means that they see it as an investment. Mm-hmm. And these people do not mess around with their investments, they don't just throw money at stuff. Right. You know, they throw money and expertise and resources and staff and, you know, all this stuff at your disposal. So, I, yeah, I like it's, <laughs> but it. But we always reference my mind. this a lot. <laughs> we reference it all the time as kind of one of our, are we just trying, like, what size pie are we working with? Like, what are we trying to do mm-hmm. when we're going into, like, coaching or mentorship? It's like, yes, it's going to cost money. But do I want to keep the whole pie or do I want a smaller piece? But I'm going to get a bigger pie. Like what we're going for is going to grow. The organization is going to grow as a whole. So, yes, there's an investment. I'm giving something away for it. But there's so much growth on the back end. Uh, We do this with like, I mean, I have a coach right now for a business. Um, We've had coaches over the years. We have like outside counsel that we get for whole bunch i feel like we always have people that we're asking questions of but we're willing to pay for it because we know that when we pay for it the pie grows right we've seen it consistently we end up better off later on so anyway with events and this one particular uh nonprofit leader we were like yes you're keeping a hundred percent of what's going toward and you can say a hundred percent of what i'm doing is going toward the cause but if he were to put on an event and be able to double that money, right. he could have the event paid for and have more money going toward the cause. Or there are events that you can do that virtually cost no money. Right. And I think I think that's the big that was the big kind of breakdown in this leader's mind is that they had a very clear idea of what an event was. And they thought every event is an expensive gala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's. And I was like, okay, if you think that every event is an expensive gala, I can see how with maybe the donors you're graced to reach, that might not be a good idea, right? Like maybe you just don't even have people who show up to that kind of event. But like that is such a tiny population of amazing events that nonprofits can run that raise money. And there are so many options that don't look like people in fancy dresses and big expensive meals. But sometimes those events with big expensive meals and fancy dresses are fantastic if that's a group of people. Right. That might be the best investment for you. So don't write it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. how do you determine what what types of events to do? Um, I think the first is going back to the donors that you are graced to reach. The ones that are excited about your organization who want to give and who want to share what you're doing with other people creating events that they will be excited to be a part of um, and that they're going to want to attend. So this could be an event that's like we sell $20 tickets at the door 
and we just get a ton of people there because we have a lot of people. They don't necessarily want to spend a lot of money, but we're going to find ways to like do little sales or games or prizes or something on the side. And our goal for this is for it to be really big, but not super expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, For other people, if you have donors who enjoy giving a lot um, and who like the dress up occasion, it might be more of a black tie event. Um, I remember you spoke at a gala a few years ago Mm -hmm. and what they had was a room that had maybe 15, 20 tables at it. People bought tables and were expected to fill them. Like they paid for the tables that paid for the food and some, um, and there was some left over. And then they had things like you could, they did different auctions. They had auction items that were going for like hundreds of dollars. They, you could auction a cake as a dessert. Like you can win an auction for a cake to be able to have dessert at your table after dinner was sold. Those cakes went for like <laughs> thousands of dollars. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Thousands of dollars. They had, I remember like a wine wall where people could pay like 30 bucks and be given a random wine and it might be worth $10. It might be worth like $150 and it all went like everything went. They had some stuff like for, they also had a silent auction. You guys, it was auctions everywhere and all the auctions had multiple bids, multiple Mm -hmm. people going after stuff. Like clearly their donors loved that kind of environment. They were like, this is my idea of fun. Yeah. And this is the kind of event I like to go with friends, with my friends. I like to bring my event friends to this kind of thing. Yeah. And the donors who were there came with the expectation of, I bought my table and I brought my wallet. Let's mm-hmm. see what I can win. Like, right. that's what they found enjoyable. Now, there was another event that we were a part of. And, and I would just oh, say, too, ahead. real quick, most of the auction items stuff looked like that was donated. The cakes yep. were donated. Um, the expenses for that specific gala where they had some entertainment come in, they had the space, and they catered in food. That was their expense. Maybe yep. some decorations probably too. But I mean, besides that, everything else was donated. So they really kept their costs low, but they were creative in finding ways to raise tons of money on top of what the expense was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, another event that we were a part of, they did... Uh, bingo with a silent auction at a bar. Uh, the event that was so fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. Like the people who were there were people who just loved to have fun, have a good time. A they drink. were rowdy. It was loud. Everyone paid for their own food, their own drinks. Um, the space, I think it was free. Yeah, because it they was knew. a bar. They knew they were going to get a bunch of sales mm-hmm. of food and, and drinks. Yep. And then they had a silent auction. Um, and that's. That all of those items were donated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the cost of the event was really time. And they raised thousands of dollars. Right. So, And that was a good example of a business partnering with a nonprofit. So they mm -hmm. both kind of had their own circles of influence to invite to it. The business was excited to be a part of it because they get name recognition and to show that they get back to the community. And obviously (laughs) the nonprofit was excited because they got to raise a bunch of money and get their name out there more. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was another just great event. And those are two very different extremes. One of them being um, it's going to cost you money to get in the door. And once you're in the door, be ready to spend money. <laughs> like, and the other one was it costs you nothing to be here um, and you might win some prizes. Like right. it was like two very different extremes. One, um, one was you wear a dress or a suit. And the other one was like you show up in a ratty T-shirt <laughs> like, and it's OK. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, but because the people um, on both sides knew who their donors were, they knew how mm-hmm. to give their donors a good time, and they knew what type of environment they to create, what type of entertainment to have, and what type of money to ask for. Um, type of money being more, how are we going to pitch this? Hmm. At the gala, I don't think they just asked for random... They might have asked for random donations. Like oh, I'm just, sure they knew exactly what they wanted to have there, though, to have it be stuff that those people mm-hmm. wanted. Wine. Yeah. Like fancy cakes. <laughs> fancy wine, fancy cakes, good food. Yeah. And then one of them was like a free weekend rental at someone's cabin. Yeah, they were like, like <laughs> vacations and stuff. It was definitely like aimed at upper middle class to like upper class individuals because those are the kind of people who had really uh, found a home donating to that organization in the past. So they looked at like who are our type of people that really enjoy giving to this organization and who resonate with us. How can we throw an event that not only are they going to show up to, but they're going to bring friends and they're going to like bring more people into the fold Mm -hmm. who enjoy giving to this organization. Yeah. And so those were two very different type of events. Now, um, I know another nonprofit um, that their group of people isn't local. They have people that support them kind of all around the world, a lot in the U.S. Um, And so their events are always online events. And they do a really good job at making a big deal of about it. They have um, one event that comes around Super Bowl every year, and then they do like online bingo. But the way that they have it set up, even though all of it is virtual, they make it so fun with so much happening behind the scenes that they sell out of their cards. They sell out of their entries. So there's a certain amount to get in, but they also know that the people who want to play those for that event also want to win money. It's a group of people who's always like, if I put in some, I might get more back. They're the but kind they're, of people who like to go to Vegas yeah. and, and gamble a little yep. bit. Yeah, it's all the people who, when they go to Vegas, they go to Vegas. So they kind of, <laughs> <laughs> so like they've kind of tailored this to people who like want to win something, want to feel that excitement about winning. And this nonprofit, when they have like a certain amount of people buy in, the prizes that they give away are significant. Like, if you were to contribute and play the games, people could walk away with hundreds of dollars. And some people look at that and be like, why would you give away that much? People should just want to contribute for the sake of contributing. Um, But at the end of the day, they know who their people are. Yep. And they know exactly how much to charge and how much to bring in and what their goal is. And so if their goal is to raise $15,000, they know that for buy-in, they need to get around $30,000. And they use what they know about their people to be able to raise what they need while at the same time giving a good experience to their people. Mm -hmm. So when they have people that contribute and like they're not the winner, no one's like, oh, I can't believe I didn't get to. Everyone who's doing it is behind the cause that's being raised for. So everyone's like, ah, it's a good cause. We're going to have fun. Um, but they know exactly who their donors are and maybe not all of their donors, but they know like the core people, this is who they are. This is what they like to do. And they have fine tuned events around what it is that they enjoy. Yep. And so there are tons of options. We've talked through just a couple of them and different ends of the spectrum. There are, uh, the five K's things that don't cost any money at all, but Mm -hmm. people will go out and they'll get pledges and sponsors on their own. And, and different things that you can do. So never, ever make absolutes. <laughs> never, ever <laughs> never. say never. Never say never about 
running events. Just think through what kind of events. Because here's here's the truth of the matter. You're raising money, and so you are doing events. Yes. It's just how big are they and how much money are you spending on them? Because if you go out to coffee with people, that's an event. It's just yeah. a one-person event. It's a one-on-one event. And if you're spending $5 for coffee and it takes you five coffees to raise $25... You have netted zero dollars for your nonprofit. <laughs> exactly. And, and I think some people just they they forget that every time they attend somewhere, raise awareness about what they're doing, every time they have a conversation, all of those are events. Mm-hmm. So this leader who's saying I'll never run an event was lying to themselves, really, because they're they're doing events all the time. I know I know what they do to help raise money for their organization. They are doing events. They're events. They're just in denial. They're like <laughs> I, I won't call them that. <laughs> now, on the flip side of this, completely opposite, like something to watch out for, is just because you can do an event doesn't mean, well, I need to wear this. Just because you can do an event and it's the right event for your people doesn't necessarily mean it'll make money if you haven't figured out how to run it correctly. Right. So if you have... Um, yeah, like, we've been to poorly run events yes, <laughs> as well. We've been to those too. Um, we've been to one event that had hundreds of people at it, tickets at the door, stuff to buy, like just a lot going on. And at the end of the day, they didn't raise the money that they needed to raise. They were so worried about their people, um, who weren't people who were necessarily going to be able to afford a lot, which is totally fine. But then they put too much money into the event itself and Mm -hmm. they didn't budget accordingly. Like they just kind of ignored the budget and they're like, we have this much coming in. And we have this much that we can spend and it'll just work out. It's kind of hit a it'll just work out attitude. And at the end of the day, they didn't hit their goal mm-hmm. because they didn't actually set it up correctly. On the same token, you could easily have um, an event that is black tie. Really, really nice. People pay a lot of money to get into the room. But if you're like, man, these people are paying like 500 bucks. We better make it really good. You start spending $250 on food and you have to do all the extra decorations and you feel like you don't deserve their money. So you're trying to give them an experience that they won't regret paying for. You might walk out with not having made any money or only making like a couple thousand dollars or losing or losing money. money. Yeah. And then you're not being a good steward of your organization. Mm-hmm. That can lead to all sorts of problems, right? <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of different things that you need to know who... Um, your key donor is, who that person is, what it is that they enjoy doing, create an event that's around them, while at the same time still watching your bottom line and not assuming that anyone's going to donate anything. Like you want to set it up so that they want to, so that you can like, you know, hit your goals, but you don't want to set it up saying, well, we're definitely going to raise $20,000 so we can spend $10,000. And not have like tried it out before your first couple times, I'd recommend seeing how simple you can make it and just kind of letting it grow and expand until you really dial in on what those key events are or could be. Right. And um, here's just a little idea, something to think about. As a nonprofit leader, you know business owners and you know people who have large networks of people. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend when you're if you if you have never run an event before Talk to some of them and get a feel for the kind of thing events they like to go to. What are the kind of things that they like to donate to? Do they like going to raffles? Do they like going to 5Ks? Do they like participating in, uh, you know, Super Bowl party fundraisers or whatever, right? Get an idea of what that is and then see if you can partner with that business because 
one of our big passions with Legacy Builders is to help businesses and nonprofits work together. Businesses want to work with nonprofits. Like mm-hmm. they really, really do. Not only does it make them look good, but it gives them like self-actualization and purpose in life. Yeah. If they pour concrete for a living, they don't want it at their end of life to say, wow, I, I poured, you know, 100 million yards of concrete or whatever. They want to look back and say, this is what impact I made in the world. And they sometimes they just can't do that without the help of a nonprofit. Remember that you are giving them a huge opportunity yep. as well. But, well, not but. With this, if you're going to be talking to those business owners, those are really, really key conversations where you need to know your stories, your metrics, what you're doing, going in there with a really, really clear goal um, mindset and how they can help. And ready to answer their questions. And ready to answer their questions. questions. Mm -hmm. Because that is one thing that I've noticed a lot with um, uh, events that are highly successful um, is if they are tend to be higher ticket events or like the bingo night, a lot of the people who came were business owners themselves. Mm -hmm. Like they want to know that what they're giving to makes sense. And so you have to be able to, as a nonprofit leader, um, explain it in a way that the business owner wants to do it because they are constantly thinking through profit loss statements. They're constantly thinking about revenue. It's not that they don't want to give somewhere, but the way that their brain works is not the same as having a conversation with a friend of yours and talking about, yeah, they're not going to make as many decisions based on emotion. They're going to make, they're going to make, okay, I put $1 in, I get $5 out. Like that's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. I pay this much for this and our ROI is this. That's what they want to hear about your events that you're putting on. And they also want to know what that partnership is truly going to look like. Um, And so having a strategic partnership with businesses is hugely beneficial for nonprofits. And it's beneficial for the other side of it. The Mm -hmm. reason that they don't often happen as much is nonprofit leaders are sometimes just not sure how to approach them or try to approach them with a lot of feelings rather than like a plan because a business owner, if you go in and say, Hey, let's run an event. What part are you going to do? The business owner is probably like, um, give you money and keep making money. Like I'll I'll give you my network maybe, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to be in the details. I may not even be able to show up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can put my name on a sign. Yeah. I can put my name on a sign. I can sign a check, but it, you know, the amount of involvement. So those can like really beneficial, just be aware of how you're going into those meetings. But the, the man, the types of events that you run, though, all have to come down to not what you find to be fun, but what's going to work really, really well for your donors. Because at the end of the day, the enjoyment that you get is a successful event and a nonprofit that's going to be able to accomplish more. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that you're not just creating an event that you think sounds good. Because other people might not show up for it <laughs> if it's not really in their wheelhouse. Yeah, but I mean, one of the best things about partnering with a business or partnering with somebody who has a network is that you can really tap in to figure out what sort of event will work best. Because if that business owner just loves getting out on the lake, like chances are they know other business owners, they have friends that like to get on the lake. It's time for you to think, how can I do a lake event? You know, it's it. You, there are so many options and sometimes it can just be a little overwhelming. 
And what you really need to do is whittle down, not start at what kind of event am I going to run, but start at who are the people that are going to show up? What do they want to go to? Mm -hmm. What do they want to do? Absolutely. If you have any questions about this or need some feedback on an event that you have coming up because you're just not quite sure, but you think you have it, but the word, like, you know, those kind of details and you need a sounding board, uh, we'd be happy to talk with you and see how we can help you get the most from the event. Um, so please send us an email at office at LegacyBuildersintl.com. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com. 